Is that this Saturday? Hello, everybody. Welcome. Sorry for the delay on the video. We're having a discussion on the time change, which apparently is that, is that this weekend. Everybody's telling me it's this weekend. Okay. I have one of those automatic clocks. It decided to set itself back last weekend. But, but you know, what's fortunate is I didn't see it, so it didn't affect me at all. It's a backup. I have this thing, and this may not happen to you, but Sunday mornings, you know, I have to get up and come to church. And, and uh, I don't have the luxury that some of you have. But, oh, well. <laughs> I'll just go later. Um, it's, it's kind of, it's sort of important that I show up. And uh, um, because of that, for years, I didn't sleep very good on Saturday night because I was always co- sort of concerned. No, I know we're not supposed to be worried, but I'd be concerned that I'd oversleep and I'd be getting these frantic last-minute phone calls, hey, where are you? It's 8 o'clock. And so... Um, Eventually, what I did is I went to a two-alarm system. You ever do that? In the moment I went to a second alarm, I started sleeping like a baby. Uh, so it was my backup alarm that, that apparently didn't work. So it wasn't doing me any good anyway. Because <laughs> it should have gone off an hour early, and it didn't. But nonetheless, again, too much information. Let's move into what we need to talk about. We're in the book of John. We're working through the New Testament together. We're going to cover half the chapter this week, and then we'll get together and do half the chapter the next time. Um, which is really good because John, uh, the third chapter, is a pivotal chapter, one of the most important chapters. Not that they're not all important, but it, it holds the verse that you see always listed at the football games and baseball games, the, the sign, John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And that was recorded at the end of this discussion that he has in the beginning of John chapter 3 with Nicodemus. And um, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, This sort of expands for us some of the contact between Jesus and the Pharisees that we've been looking at in Matthew and Mark. And it personalizes it a little, and you'll see perhaps some of the issues that we've we've already talked about. But let's go ahead, and uh, we're going to read the first 17 verses of John chapter 3. It's there in your notes, or you can open your Bibles, read along, or you can just listen to me read. As we go through it together. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the miraculous signs you're doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old, Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things? I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven 
except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the son, his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And blessed be the word of the Lord. Okay, so here we have this encounter um, that's, that's pivotal encounter, and it's, uh, it, it sort of, again, like I said, personalizes for us the um, situation between Jesus and the Pharisees. And uh, I'll say it again. I know I've said it a lot, but to repeat, the Pharisees were um, the, the religious leaders of the day. And they had started with good intent uh, two or three hundred years before to protect Judaism from the influences of the Greek culture, to keep it from being Hellenized. And they had started off with a good mission, but over time what had happened is like with most uh, sort of those sort of endeavors, they had decided that the safest way to protect Judaism was to shroud it with rules and regulations. And... And what they became was religious, and I'm not saying that in a good way, but they lost what matters most. They lost love and grace. It it didn't exist any longer. And so Jesus came and he was setting everything right. Now, Nicodemus is a very important person for two reasons. He has two posts. One, he's a Pharisee, which means he's a religious leader. The Pharisees were given uh, uh, and sort of held the position of, of Moses' seat as those who interpreted the law for the nation of Israel. So in Israel, he would have been uh, valued in, in this role because he was uh, Israel's teacher as one of the Pharisees. He's also part of the, of the Jewish ruling council. Now, um, when Rome was busy occupying the world, they had a pretty interesting system for doing that in that they would go and conquer a country, but they would keep the government pretty much in place. What they would do is they would come in and they would impose taxes on that country and they would garrison their, their troops there, but they would leave most of the day-to-day sort of ongoing government to the existing government. And so um, when you read about the Gospels, you, you see that Herod's in power at some level, even though Rome is there, and here's all the Pharisees and the Sadducees all having a measure of power in response, and they could do almost everything except we know in the case of Jesus they couldn't execute anyone. That's why they had to go to Rome for that whole process because Rome held ultimate powers uh, over everyone but they left most of the governing to the local sort of leaders but as a a member of this Jewish ruling council he would have been sort of backed by Rome in his decision so you have Nicodemus who's who's very powerful uh, in and in, in his position as he comes to Jesus now um, uh, he comes at night um, and most likely he's coming because even though apparently the Pharisees have discussed this and they've come to the conclusion that Jesus had to come from God because they've come to the, uh, the realization that no one could do the things he's doing if, it, if he wasn't from God. And so that's what makes what they do so, so amazing is that because they don't like the way he's doing it, they end up deciding they're going to kill him even though they know that God has sent them. See, that's, that's where you've got to get this. It's not like they, they know that what he's doing is, and yet they don't want to give up their way of doing things. 
They've held on to this thing for so long now. And they've done it their way for so long. And they're so entrenched in their way, they don't want God's way. And so that's the, that's the dynamic that we've seen in Matthew and Mark. And we see it again here in John, only this time in a more personal way. And so here comes Nicodemus. And, and he, he begins his conversation with Jesus um, in, in the beginning there in, in verse 2, um, saying, you know, we, we know that you've come from God, and I want to have a little discussion with you. And Jesus, um, being Jesus, jumpstarts the conversation. And um, he, he says right out front, no one can even see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. Now that phrase, um, born again, bothers some folks. I don't know if you've ever been, because um, um, the term born again Christian, some people say that with a great deal of scorn. And I've had people ask me that with that whole thing. Are you one of those born again Christians? And I'm always like, well, yes. <laughs> Why are you taking such heated issue with it? Then born again people, they're strange. It's, term, it's a term that people have somehow done you know, some crazy stuff with. But Jesus, I mean, this, we're dealing with Jesus here. And Jesus says flat out, you, 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 unless you're born again, you can't get into the kingdom of God. You can't even see it unless you have a spiritual birth. So you know, sometimes you look for other, other, other words for that. Uh, uh, and, and my interpretation would even say that, that you're, really, you're not even spiritually alive until you get to this point in Christ. Because that's where life happens. This birth happens there. And, and that's the point that um, it's, you know, it's the primary purpose of our lives is to come to know Christ. Um, it's, it's the big one. It's the, whatever time you've got here, it's the, it's the big deal. It's what you have to figure out. You've got this time to figure this out. Then what you do with it is cool, but you've got this time to figure out the answer to that question. Is Jesus your Lord or isn't he? And, and so it's a, it's a big deal. And, and here comes this super powerful individual coming to Jesus at night saying, well, I know you're from God. What's the deal? And Jesus said, listen, you can't even, you can't even see the kingdom of God unless you're born again well Nicodemus can't even begin to grasp what in the world that's talking what does that mean you know and he, he goes into the whole physical thing what am I supposed to go back into the womb for a second time and 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 Jesus um, sort of gives him this response over the next few verses and what you have to see in the response that Jesus is saying to him as as a Pharisee as one who interprets the word of God for the nation of Israel you should not be surprised by this teaching about being born again. And the reason he shouldn't be surprised is that we can find the teaching in the Old Testament. It's in the book. Um, uh, and I will give you some, some verses. You can write these down. I'll read them to you. But I want you to consider these in, in the weeks ahead. Um, in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31 through 33. So write it down, Jeremiah 31, 31 through 33. I want you to go and look it up. Or you can turn with me as I read it, but, but look it up and read it. It says this, Old Testament, The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I am going to make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I'll be their God, and they will be my 
Ezekiel expands on it in, in chapter eleven nineteen, when he says this, I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. He goes on in Ezekiel 36, verse 26, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Now, these passages talk about this idea of a new birth, a spiritual birth. The ideas had been around for a long time by the time that Jesus arrives on the scene. But Nicodemus seems to have no idea that, that uh, this is even part of the deal because all he knows about is the law. That's all they had. And they had reduced everything to the law. And, and we've had this discussion. To them, the law was the way they would get saved. The deep paradox, they were all breaking it. The, the problem was, and they had to know, and that the law is a, is a lowering of God's standards. They have to keep making exceptions for them. And, and, but a time is coming, he says, when you get a new heart. I'll put a new spirit in you. It's talking about this new birth. And so what happens here is that Nicodemus, as a representative of the Pharisees, the problem is they have a faulty concept of the idea of who God is because they missed the grace of God. And it's the grace of God that tells us about the love of God who loves us even in the midst of our failures and sin. And if you don't connect those, you become critical, judgmental, and, and you don't reflect the glory of God. People can't find their way to God in, in a group of people that are stuck and bent on rules and regulations. And, and you know, when you see it, it's, it's shocking, but it's everywhere. And we, we talked about this Sunday. The, the church loses her voice when, when all she ever does is be critical. If, if we don't display the love of God in holding up a standard of truth, people can't hear it. And so uh, Jesus is, is bringing this to the whole deal. It, it, you have to be born again. See, unless, unless we can get people to the place where they decide that they want to know God, they want to know Christ, they want to come to Him as their Lord and Savior, unless they know that, that they are loved by Him and can be forgiven to come to that spot, we can't do anything. See, we, we, we're, we're told to do that, and then the Spirit of God comes and begins to change them in the areas that need to be changed. And so that's our job is to, is to demonstrate and let people know about God's grace and about God's love and that he's made a way for us. That's what we have to do. And we, we do it by holding up a standard. Uh, you know, I always want to be people, oh, that means there's a definite, there's a truth. There's an absolute truth it's found here in the book. Um, and it's contrary to just about everything that goes on in the culture. But, but we, we get people to respond to it by leading them to Christ so the Holy Spirit can guide them into truth. And, and that's what we're always trying to sort of move people into. And that's what Jesus is really saying here to Nicodemus. You know, he's saying, listen, Nick, oh, buddy, <laughs> unless you're born again, unless you have this new birth, unless you realize that you can't make it by the law and that you need this way that God provides. You can't even begin to see the kingdom. You can't. You can't get there. It's only through the new birth. And, and that's sort of the, the heart of 
John 3.16. Now, uh, next time that, that I teach on this, I'm going to pick it up at, at 16 and go from there and, and, and watch what happens with it. But, but you know, consider that this, is, this concept was introduced in the Old Testament and, and, and has been moving along all the while. And that it, it's an amazing promise. It's, you know, it's the heart of it all. That, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And, and that's, that's what we cling to and hang on to in this process. So that's John, the first part of chapter 3. Um, somebody needs to run upstairs. Barry, would you get and turn off that video for me? And uh, I told you we were going to keep it short, and that's enough to think about for today. If you're watching uh, on the video, thanks for watching. If you need prayer, uh, if you're up in Williston, they'll pray for you there. And uh, if you're not, you, you can call us or write us. I'd be happy to pray for you. Uh, by email. We're going to collect the prayer requests here and then we'll pray for you. And then, those of you that can stay and help, we're going to set up the church for Fall Festival. Okay, but let's, uh, let's get the prayer requests and we'll pray. Thanks for watching my video.